Hello and welcome to the 12 Minutes of Workplace Health podcast. I'm Harry Bliss, CEO and co-founder of Champion Health. And today we're joined by Ryan Hopkins, the global workplace of the future lead at Finastra. Finastra are a fintech company with 10,000 employees globally. And we're going to be discussing with Ryan how we can make well-being inclusive, accessible and engaging. Ryan's got a huge wealth of expertise and he's going to be sharing all of his energy today on the podcast session. Welcome. Ryan, welcome to the 12 Minutes of Workplace Health podcast. Oh, thanks for having me. Not like I haven't spent some time with you already this morning. I know, we've had a lot of fun already. And for anyone that's listening, Ryan has possibly one of the best shirts on that I have ever seen, I think. And so it's definitely brought a a big smile to my face. Um, And for anyone on our socials, you'll be able to see it um, shortly as well. So today we're just going to talk all things workplace health and... Uh, all of the work that you're doing at Finastra and used to at Sainsbury's, really keen to hear your thoughts on where it needs to progress. What I'd love to start with is where is workplace health going wrong? There are more well-being providers in the space than there have ever been, but well-being is getting worse. It's something we've spoken about at long length, but where do you think it needs to improve in the near future? Going straight into the deep stuff. Nice, easy warm-up question. <laughs> I knew this would be the case. I was like, Harry, any questions? He's like, nah, nah, I'll just do it when we get going. <laughs> so... Personally, I can talk about, like, I think my experience, and I think that's the same for everyone else. So we're pretty much maxed out, talking about remote workers, people that were used to work in offices, professionals, even non-professionals. We're like flat out all day with no space. So you're not able to do the things that make you your best self daily. I used to just go one meeting to another, always trying to serve, always trying to put in the extra time, competing with everyone else. I can work harder, faster, longer. You want it? You got it. But now, like, that's just not the case. And then you often neglect yourself. So I think we just always trying to prove that we belong to B and trying to work harder and faster to get out of a hole. I think we need to create space as individuals to do the things that make us well. I call it flexible (laughs) non-negotiability. Nice catchy term. So I know that I'm walking every day. I'm doing my weights every day. I'm trying to eat well. And I think we need to create the space for people to do the same. I think when we're rolling from one call to another, it's tiring and we just can't be our best selves in situations like that. And you mentioned um, in in our conversation beforehand, meeting people where they are. What do you mean by that when it comes to workplace health initiatives? So if you've got someone who has never looked at breath work or any sort of spiritual work, never gone to yoga, always thought it was a bit like a bit out there. And then if you go to them straight over 20 minute guided breathing exercise, breathing from deep in your stomach, they'll be like, nope, I'm out. So you got to meet people where they are and it's all about like a tiny improvement that you can make now which will then set you up for success later like one percent improvement per day over a year is will lead to like three thousand seven hundred seventy eight percent improvement at the end of the year so we do tiny things and we do them often and they'll lead up to some huge results so if you want to help someone with breath work you get them to have a mindful coffee you don't go straight in with a 30 minute guided meditation and would you say the same about a platform as well? Um, what, what What's the work that organisations need to do before implementing a platform? It, some people could see it as a sticking plaster, potentially as employees within the organisation, if the conditions aren't there. Would you agree with that? I couldn't agree more. A sticking plaster. I don't know if you've seen that meme when they put the plaster on the big water tank that's like spraying water everywhere. It's so true. <laughs> 
So you got to create space again for people to do this. We got to take stuff out. You can't pour from a cup. Well, no, that's that's completely wrong. You can't pour water into like a cup that's full. So you got to create space for people, and then we can start to make the best of these solutions. So we got to start taking stuff out. We got to work on our meeting etiquette. We got to use the tech to actually create space to reduce the notifications and use it to finish meetings early. We got to start pulling things into our favour that generally work against us. And then we can make the most. We've got the culture that allows people to like decide how they work. So I'm trying to make a place at Finash where people can work whenever they want, wherever they want, however they want. And that's my goal, to get out of the way, to allow people to do their good work. And some sceptics would say, well, will people take advantage of that? What would be your response to that in terms of work whenever you want to, wherever you want to, and however you want to? Yeah, I think some people will, some people won't. We'll meet in the middle. It's the power of the crowd. I don't know if you heard about the big, there was a big cow in a competition. They asked for a load of random people how much it weighed. Some people went 7,000 pounds. Some people went 60 odd. They ended up, the power of the crowd, like 7,000 people ended up guessing the weight of the cow. It's the same thing with these offerings. You'll get some people that will abuse them. You get some people that won't use them enough and will end up in the middle with most of the populace or the workforce being able to use these offerings. And that's always going to be the way. So it's meeting people there, giving them the option to do it. And then most people will make the most of it. You can't, you can't prescribe for everyone. Again, it's creating that space and people know that an apple's better than a packet of crisps, a walk's better than sitting on your arse all day, or like be it like speaking the family breaks up the day. These sorts of things we can create, like we can allow people to do. And I completely agree that we also shouldn't be planning our initiatives, our policies and procedures around potentially 2% of the workforce that might abuse it. We should plan it around 98% that will be able to thrive. Um, and I think I think that's hugely important. Now, the team at Finastra, um, it's a large team of ten thousand people. It's diverse in all kinds of um, in all kinds of ways. How do you reach ten thousand people in the best possible way? And especially in terms of the inclusivity and diversity of the team, how do you engage them in workplace health and well-being? <laughs> Again, no easy answer, is there? But I try. Uh, always do like the Pareto law principle, like eighty twenty. So I try and create stuff with my knowledge. 80% and then I give it out to separate functions or the geographies in different areas of the world and let them customize at the last 20. So I try and say, these are our principles. Now you make it work for the people that you know, because I couldn't possibly know the needs of 10,000 people, but I understand the strategy where we're trying to get to. So it's about, again, it always sounds like meeting people where they are. I try my best to blow the global trumpet, so to speak, and then I give people the last bit to do themselves. And then we end up meeting most people again we're not perfect and we're always listening and always go out there with we're we're intending to do this and letting people know what outcome I'm trying to achieve I might not always get it right our return to the office strategy we're trying our best to create a place that people love to work we're constantly evaluating it looking at the outcome which is being the most um, I think it's the most loved and inclusive fintech and that's our goal and everything we do is moving towards that so you've, you've got a large workforce that is, some people call them knowledge workers um, and, and highly skilled within their respective area. They, I imagine, work extremely long hours or some of them do. How do you manage expectations um, in, in your role? And is that something that's hugely important in terms of creating the right conditions for them to thrive and not overwork and burn out? 
yeah, it's difficult. We've seen working hours increase a lot. We've seen out of hours collaboration increase a lot. We use um, data from Microsoft. So we look at that and we're trying to educate and like show people where we want to get to. But we're not perfect and we are working too long and we very much increase the inputs. And I want to get people back to thinking about what they're achieving, not how they're achieving it. We are rolling out uh, unlimited, well, flexible vacation. So no limits on paid leave at Finastro for anyone globally. So we want you to manage how you work. I think if you do an amazing job, I couldn't care if you did five hours or 17. Well, I wouldn't like you to do 17. <laughs> <laughs> but I very much like we want to enable people to focus on the outcomes. If they're delivering great work, we want them to have their best of their life. It's not about work-life balance. It's about life. Work's one part of it. I don't like that term at all. I think it's just we live a life and work's one part. We've got to prioritize everything else. When we do that, we'll turn up to work better. So I'm trying my best to do it. I forgot the question. I end up going off and then it's like, nope, gone. <laughs> I think that made sense. No, it make, makes total sense. <laughs> I just love the energy that you've got for, for everything workplace health um, and well-being related. And you must have seen a lot of change over the last five years. Where can you see the next five years progressing? Um, I suppose COVID has been the largest social experiment in the workplace that we've ever had. And that's going to lead to large change over the long term, we imagine. Where can you see that change um, be, being implemented? So many, so many aspects. I'll pick a couple and I'll probably forget the question. So you'll have to bear with me and remind <laughs> me. <laughs> so I think first we're getting, um, we're in a position now where we have da- data like we've never had on the workforce, how they're feeling, well-being, sentiment, be it coming from separate surveys or a great integrated platform. I don't know if you know any. thank you Ryan yeah no worries Um, so we have this data that we've never had so now we're learning what to do with it we're making sure that's more usable ready and then we can essentially then lead decisions or implement things showing that we got this use case this business case and we're actually doing this which is delivering this we've been at a point where well-being and workplace well-being is a nice to have it's on top it's not important now it is integral like it is something that's going to enable your workforce to be more productive happy and healthy you're going to reduce attrition which this year is going to be insane and you're going to keep the people that keep the knowledge in the business so first it's that data. There's going to be a wealth of it. We've got to learn what to do with it. I think we're going to move to a place where we encourage people to work, I said, how they want, when they want, where they want, utilising offices. I think there's a space for the office in the modern work world. And I think we come together for meaningful interactions, but we stay at home for the flexibility. So it's about allowing people to make decisions about how they want to work best. And if the, if the business can get out the way and allow people to do good work, that's amazing. That's what I want to do. I want to like reduce all friction, like minimal clicks, minimal issues. I want people to work in the best way that they work. If we try and provide a cardboard cutout for a worker, you're ultimately only going to get people that fit that. It's not inclusive and it won't provide creative solutions, which ultimately knowledge workers, like you say, need. So I'm trying to allow it where we can all be ourselves when we turn up for work with minimal hassle from the business, reducing all those like bits of friction. And then we'll all be better. I love the cardboard cutout analogy, Ryan, within there. So we're coming to um, the the close of this podcast. What I always like to ask our guests is if there was one thing and one tip that you could give to an aspiring wellbeing leader or actually even a senior leader that's listening to this podcast that wants to drive positive wellbeing across their organisation, what would it be? You know, as well as any, that I started doing videos and stuff and I love it. And I kind of started putting myself out there and being authentic. And people, a lot of people have said 
how nice that is. And even people in the organization I've never met have said they've seen these things. I think if we lead by example, show that we're not perfect all the time, like I say, I'm always trying to achieve this outcome. I'm probably going to miss the mark most of the time, but I will share it every time. I'll be honest about how I'm feeling when I'm down, when I'm up. Often, it, often it's a fair bit of energy, but not always. I think when we do this and we bring ourselves to work, it allows others to do the same. And I think leaders really need to set that tone. When we do that, we'll all come together better and then we'll come up with creative solutions. And as I said, be happy, healthy, productive. Touch wood. Fantastic. Thank you so much for joining the podcast today, Ryan. Absolutely my pleasure. For more exclusive insights and content around workplace wellbeing, please subscribe to this podcast. And we look forward to seeing you on the next episode.